Hello, and welcome to The Marvel Virgin, a podcast all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Paul, and I'm a Marvel Virgin. And my name is Kaylee, and I'm a Marvel whore. For each episode, Paul is watching a Marvel movie or TV series for the very first time, and with my help, we'll be delving into the good and not-so-good aspects of the MCU, and navigating the secrets and intricacies of this big and complex universe. If you'd like to send in any questions, comments, factoids, or even if you'd like to correct anything we've said, after all, we're not perfect, then you can tweet us at the Marvel Virgin. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the show. Let's talk about Hawkeye, which feels appropriate for like a late November podcast because it was so Christmassy. I told you it would be. I didn't think you believed me, but it is basically. I always believe. I always believe what you say. It's a Christmassy movie, a Christmassy Marvel thing, which I don't think that we've had before. No, maybe Chris. Oh, I don't know actually. No, I don't think we have. Oh wait, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man three. Yeah, one of the Iron Mans. They were kind of Christmassy, but it's not for very long. This is Christmassy. And Christmas is integral because they fight in a great big Christmas tree. Yes. It felt like watching a Doctor Who Christmas special in that it had those kinds of vibes. Yeah. I mean, it does, but in a good way, because I was going to tell you, like, even though I don't care for Hawkeye, Mm. I do annoyingly like this show. Me too. Hawkeye is probably our least favourite of the sort of original Avengers lineup, but I actually found this utterly delightful, this whole six episode thing. It is, isn't it? And I was like, for God's sake, so not cool, because it means it's probably going to get more stuff. But it's more because Kate is brilliant. Oh my God, I loved her. I thought she was so much fun. And it was a good sort of handing on the mantle not just to her but also to old Florence Pugh to um the woman playing Maya Lopez as Echo and um and it was yeah it was lots of fun this it's so much fun and I I was like oh I quite like that they have this very sort of um have you ever played no you wouldn't have done there's a game called The Last of Us and it's I know like, of it. I know of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's that same sort of relationship where like a, a, a sort of weary older guy takes a protege on under his wing. And I quite like the dynamic between them because Be- she's so enthusiastic. And begrudgingly, so like, begrudgingly takes a protege on under his yes. wing. Like they they're always like, ugh, you know, I'm I'm not a father, or I'm already a father. I don't need another one. And and they're always like, but I just want to shoot some arrows. Woo! And and then they're like, oh, fine. Oh, actually, yes, you can become the new Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, exactly. that old chestnut. That <laughs> tail as old as time. <laughs> it's a classic. It's everywhere. We see it all the time. Yeah, I just I just love it. And I also quite like that they explore, um, because obviously we don't get the Hawkeye thing, but I feel like I get it more through her eyes because we see some elements of him that you don't see in the bigger films. Yes. Um, I, yeah, when when I read the the blurb of the first episode, when I was sort of tuning in on Disney Plus, and it was it sort of mentioned that Kate's is like a huge Hawkeye fan. I'm like, why? <laughs> why is she? Why she's got all these people to choose from? She goes for the guy with the arrows, but then it the opening scene kind of explains that, and you go, ah, oh, yes, this is understandable. I see why. Yeah, 
exactly like like there's a bit where he's teaching her how to like bandage herself up i guess and that was mm. something i thought of because i was like well he doesn't have super healing powers he just has to keep himself patched up you know in these big battles that's quite so it kind nice. of stands to reason that he would be um probably like the most resourceful because he only has you know his wiles and his wits to and very good accuracy with arrows um but he has like the like more i get it, they they used him better i think than they have done in the films because they've given him a bit more survival instinct yeah and they let the the use of the hearing aid was very clever as well because i was like yeah like if you've experienced that many big bangs then i i don't doubt that you would not be able to hear anything properly. i'm i'm surprised that the other avengers don't have them maybe they all do they probably all got like little tony stark made ones like deep within their ears that no one else knows about yeah maybe maybe but yeah yeah good representation for the people who are hard of hearing or deaf definitely yeah very good once again that's like two for two now isn't it yeah they've done they've done the blind with daredevil now they're doing the deaf yes and there's some daredevil references in this too that art well it's a big reference in terms of kingpin that's quite a big reference Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was yes, that's fine. It was a bigger reference than I was implying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you say reference, it made it sound like it's like an image in the background or something. <laughs> no, I was I, I know what I meant, but it was <laughs> yeah, I think that was good. It was nice seeing him back, although I did feel like they could have done more with his like backstory because we don't possibly, know. but I feel like they are slowly weaving in some of the Netflix series elements. So I do think you? that's, I think that, yes, I do. Because <laughs> um, only because I've read, I've accidentally read occasional spoilers on Twitter, but also, oh, no. I know, well, it's hard, it's hard now because we're getting into such recent stuff that um, when something gets released and something gets referenced, I'm like, oh, I understand what they mean now. Whereas, um, you know, a couple, a couple of two and a half years ago, which is when we started this podcast, can you believe it? Um, if someone, I'm watching like the first Iron Man, and if someone were to be like, "Oh, I can't believe Matt Murdock has turned up in this court of law or whatever," I'll be yes. like, "I don't. I literally have no. That could be Marvel. That could be Star Wars. That could be real life. <laughs> I have no idea what you just said. But no, recently I read that and I went, oh, <laughs> oh I man." I was like, trying to do my whole, what? I don't know what you mean. But no, okay, fair. That's fair. You already know. Let's and also, not. I know that they're making a the, new Daredevil series as well. Like, I've seen all those announcements and stuff, and that all makes sense to me. So um, now things connect up more easily. So, yeah, I'm not going to live a spoiler-free world. But I lived a spoiler-free world past Avengers Endgame, and that was good. That was good, because I think that was probably the biggest one. I mean, and also this one came out, this one uh yeah okay it dropped i think you find out about kingpin two days before the film the the new spider-man film came out and that's Mm. when everyone found out the other spoiler that you may have just mentioned so you know good times it's like it's (laughs) (laughs) you are only two days ahead of finding things out for everyone else it's still exciting it's still exciting to know that these things are upcoming and um yeah so i think they brought in Kingpin not to do everything with him, but to be like, yep, he's still here. He's still, we've still got him. He's in the MCU. He might turn up again. It was a very like little, little breadcrumb. Well, quite a lot, like half a loaf. <laughs> <laughs> half a loaf. Yeah. yeah half funny. a loaf to tempt you. 
just have I could to be fair, that's very tempting for me. Bread in any form. I'm like, yep, half a loaf of you, half a French baguette. Let's have it all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what would you give this? What would you give this? And like, would you say you give it a big thumbs up before we die? I again? give it a big thumbs up. I give it a good four out of five. I think it was really Ooh. fun. I, I maybe lose one mark because I think some some elements of the plot were not as well explained as they could be. Like yeah. the end, the final episode, it was really fun in that there's lots of different things going on, lots of different plot elements. They're all there's a sense of humor throughout the whole thing, which I'm like, yes, you always must have a sense of humor at all times. Um, which we decided last time we spoke, didn't we? <laughs> yeah yeah like Eternals is proof that if you don't have a sense of humor in a Marvel thing it's going to be absolute bollocks basically um yeah but um I think there was some like by the end I was I was having to look up on Wikipedia I was like why was this person bad why was this person working with that person like it seemed like there was it was a it became a bit messy but then I don't know it kind of fit in with the Christmas theme of the Christmas is a bit messy <laughs> at the end of the day yeah yeah it is and I feel like the whole it still hammers home that big Christmassy message that Christmas is a time for family (laughs) yes Um, it is guys yes not fighting you should be at home with your with your people whoever they are your chosen people yes yes and that's what Christmas is all about I think sometimes you can get these these shows and they've I, I don't know. They forget the true meaning of the season. And I, and I think, um, yeah, sometimes people, when people watch Christmas TV, they're not looking for it to, you know, sync up perfectly or be, you know, the, you know, the greatest thing ever written. They're looking for fun and they're looking for something lighthearted because mostly because either the kids are playing with their presence or you're like semi inebriated whilst watching it. So, um, <laughs> you know, you don't want something that's too cerebral, I suppose. No, you definitely don't. And it, it just looks nice as well at Christmas, isn't it? It always looks pretty good. So having all the like little Christmas trees in the background, you know, those fight scenes just mm. immediately makes it feel quite festive. It kind of have like, have you seen the trailers for that new violent night film um with David Harbour from Stranger Things? No. What is this? It's coming out soon and it's basically like this family get trapped in a compound. And mm. by these horrible like mercenaries, and this little girl is like, "Oh, I wish, I wish Santa Claus could come and help us." So he does, but he's like this sort of gun-toting Santa Claus, and he fights for them. Oh, that's it quite looked, fun! <laughs> it looks so silly, and I was like, well, "I really want to see it." And that's the kind of Christmassy vibe I need sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that is the perfect blending of. Um, lethal weapon and christmas by the sounds of it yeah because i feel like everyone loves die hard but it's not christmasy quite enough die hard for me to call it a christmasy film oh die hard die no 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 die hard they've they've taken it to court and it's now legally a christmas film is it really no no i just made that up but i think oh, it should be but i think really i i think i die hard is absolutely a christmas film because when else are you going to watch it why would you watch it any other time of the year well, no, I always watch it. I call it a winter film. I always watch it in the winter. Oh, you're so politically correct and woke, aren't you? It's not oh, Christmas, look, it's winter time. I am basically one with Gen Z at the moment. And you, <laughs> you aren't like us, you're just too old, you millennial. <laughs> I am, I am. I'm too, yeah, too past it. Can't deal with all this young wokeness going on. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, speaking of young wokeness. Let's do some <laughs> plot and talk plot. about the young. There's so many young people in this in this series. Yeah, but not in a gross way. I like not it. in a gross way. No, no, no. 
but also some older people too. Anyway, Hawkeye, it starts off in 2012 during the climax of the first Avengers film. And we have a very young Kate Bishop who lives in a very nice apartment at the top of a building in New York. So, you know, she's freaking wealthy. Um, she sees the, the battle between the Avengers and the baddie aliens. And she sees Hawkeye shooting his arrows and she's like, oh, that's impressive. And he sort of inadvertently saves her life. So he becomes her fave. But her father dies. In yes. The process. Which probably is why she focuses so much on him. He's like the father figure she just lost. Every person needs their father figure. Absolutely. They do. Apparently so. What I quite just to pause, this mm. is very good because you remember when we talked about all the Netflix shows and we were like, it's big. So they always talk about stuff happening in New York, but they never actually show any of the action. They never mm. even like go to the outskirts. It's always like this blip happens, we don't see it. This happens, the big fight, we don't see it. And this one actually does this very well because it shows you like another part of the world and how that impacted them. From from a different perspective, because they're just going about their everyday life in the apartment and all of a sudden there's like bang, crash, wallop. Um, yeah. Which is exactly how it would have been because in the film you see all the build up to it and you're like, yes, it stands to reason there'll be a final denouement right now. But, yeah. um, but from Kate Bishop and her mum and dad's perspective, this would not be the case. They'd be like, what the hell is happening? We were having dinner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were going to go out shopping. Absolutely. But we won't now. No, now we'll grieve instead. Um, then we flash forward to the present day. Um, Hawkeye himself, Clint Barton, is in New York. And he's celebrating Christmas with his family. Um, his wife is elsewhere, but they talk on the phone a lot. Um, I love I love Linda Cardellini. Uh, me too. I think she's great. I love that she's Velma as well. I love that she's Velma, but she's also having a bit of a renaissance at the moment because of Dead to Me. A Cardellinaissance? Oh, yes. Yeah, she's having one of those. Have you watched Dead to Me yet? You still need to watch it if you haven't. No, no. I know, yeah. You know what? She turns up in lots of things, though. She was in Green Book. I know Green Book's not a great film, but, you know, she was in an Oscar Best Picture winner. She is always very, very good whenever she's in stuff. She reminds me of uh, Agatha all along, WandaVision's Agatha. Because like, when you see them, you're like, you're a safe pair of hands. I feel very warm and comforted by you. And also, I know you're going to do a great job. I she's love a, you. She's a strong, capable actress who can just take it on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and she needs more stuff. She does. I feel I, I would have liked her to have been in New York with them and been a bit more involved. That would have been fun. But maybe they just couldn't fit that into the six episodes. Maybe. I sort of we'll get to it at some point, but I was sort of hoping that they might do a spin-off about her. Just the life of a the wife of an Avenger. Yeah, but also because they kind of imply that she's a sort of agent of Shield, you know? Mm. She's got a, a crazy backstory going on. I would she like to see more of that. She's involved and supportive and yeah, yeah, does things. So yeah, that's true. That's true. She could she could do something. She's a great actress. I should give her more. But she and the wife, the partners of superheroes we've talked about before, like couples therapy episode would be quite fun. Or they all band together and do something like get Gwyneth, get Natalie, get yeah. Liv, bless her heart. <laughs> they could get Gwyneth and be like, you know, we're gonna take you out to help you get over the fact that your partner has died. <laughs> <laughs> died. In a really elaborate way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Multiple times in front of your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
anyway, he's in New York with his children. He's got a little, uh, as we said, hearing aid, because let's face it, he's had so many explosions in his life that his, mm-hmm. his hearing is going to be a bit broken. He's also still kind of recovering from the events of Endgame, where obviously he saw um, Natasha Romanoff die and he tried to, they sort of fought together to be the one, to be the one to get sacrificed and she won and she died. She won by yeah. dying in a way. But it stands to reason that she would beat him. Yeah, it does, because she was better. And also, I kind of get that he probably should have been a bit less selfish. Because in a weird way, it's selfless to sacrifice, but it's kind of selfish for him to do it because he's got kids. It's true. I think that was the... that that They deal with that as the plot goes on, don't they? Which I think is... Actually, I'd never really thought of the the consequences of that. I think in Endgame, I never thought of the fact that his kids would be part of that decision-making process. Yeah, Um, same. I was like, Natasha, just let him die. And I'm like, no, okay, I get it, because... He has a family to support and who needs him. Mm. So fine, I guess. <laughs> precisely, precisely. Um, at the, uh, Kate is also, she's grown up. She's like 19, 20 or something, I think. Um, yeah. And she, but she has a bit of a fractured relationship with her mother played by Vera Farmiga. And I love Vera Farmiga. I think she's a great actress. <laughs> I can't think what else I've seen her in, but she is. She's, she's insidious, isn't she? Oh my god, is she? Okay. I think that's her. Yeah, I'm going to double check that. I don't want to give out fake news. Hang on, she's she turns up in lots of things. She yeah, she's one of those people. I'm like, I've seen you many times, but I don't recall where. Uh, no, sorry, not Insidious, The Conjuring. She does those ones. Oh my god. Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah. That makes more sense. Um, she's the main person in that. Yeah, she's turned up in lots of things in the Manchurian Candidate, The Departed. Oh, she was the wife of, oh, in the, the Boy in the Striped Pajamas. She was the mum in the Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Oh, that film yeah, is that, so confusing. But yes, that... The, 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 that film and book that we that is a bit outdated and shouldn't really be studied anymore. Um, <laughs> and she was also Mrs. Bates in Bates Motel, the series. Oh, my God, yes. Yes, 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 yes. That's where I remember her from. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so they have they have a bit of a difficult relationship. Um, and she is also become engaged to a smarmy rich guy with a mustache called Jack Duquesne, who is working that mustache. But also, if he has a mustache, he must be villainous. Well, yeah, because otherwise, why would you grow one to twelve? No, precisely. <laughs> and we have Haley Steinfeld now as the um, as Kate, which is fantastic. Love her. She's so good. She's so like, she's kind of, she's so dorkish, which I really yes. like. Um, yeah. She's great. Do you ever watch Dickinson on Apple TV? She's in that. No, no, but I must, I will, I must watch more stuff that she's in. Cause I actually, I know her name. I know her by face, but I've actually, I don't think I've seen anything else that she's done. So. Yeah. I mean, you probably have, cause she was in Transformers and I feel like everyone's been forced to watch Transformers yeah. at some point. And she's in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which I know you've seen. Oh, oh, she, well, I didn't, she wasn't there in person. That was her voice. <laughs> yeah, but you've, you know, you've witnessed her talent. She was Gwen, Spider-Gwen. True, true. Mm, I, have wi- I have witnessed her talent, yes. It's perfect, she's in apparently, the trilogy. Oh, I've seen the first one, but years ago now when it first came out. I've not really seen any of them, which I realise is a terrible thing to admit, but. They're hey, all right. They're it's not right. a pitch perfect podcast. I don't care. It's not going to make me look bad. It's right. We don't need to go into too much detail. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, she's great. And it's just a good, lot of great, talented actors in this series. 
there are there are and they all play off each other really really well um and they they go to the two the two of them are still quite wealthy and they go to this big glamorous charity gala in new york um can we talk about like the outfits that like Vera <laughs> Farmiga's red dress in this I was like whoa <laughs> that yeah, was, it is, that... there's some good fashion it reminded me of that heist movie um that's set at the Met Gala oh um isn't that Ocean's 8 oh probably it's Ocean's of it's some, the Ocean's one with all where it's all women um, the good Ocean's yeah we like women so hmm. that's great um it, yeah very good fashion moments in that film and Kate wears a black suit, which looked very good uh, as well. They just, it just, it was very like the first episode. I'm like, oh, this is looking really good here. Um, and Kate is, um, she, she realizes something's up. There's something going on at this charity gala, and um, she pretends to be a waiter and ends up inside like the secret auction. Um, oh my goodness, I love that scene where. Um, What's this that they say to her? Oh, you shouldn't be down here. You don't work. And she's like, I do. I was told to be down here by, I can't remember the name she says, but she says like Gary. And she obviously makes up a name. And then they find Gary and bring him. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah. It was so funny. Again, you said like, there's so many good comedic moments in this. And it does feel, it has that sort of like energy of a, not a bad Christmas film, like a good Netflix Christmas film. Because it's got like, oh, the smarmy stepdad, the feisty young heroine and oh the relationship with the mum and the misidentification of everyone it's it's got lots of fun high drinks and capers and sort of the opening episode had like you know those kind of um little bits of mystery about it you know you've got the secret auction simon callow gets murdered and yes. uh, and and all that and it sort of ends with leaving like this sort of modern day agatha christie kind of vibes which is great for christmas like it's very sort of sherlock holmesy um or like those books that Philip Pullman did. What was those? What was those mystery Victorian mystery books he did? Billy oh. Piper was in the adaptations. Those ones. Yes. Oh my God! What was that? It doesn't matter. We'll I can't out. remember what her name was, but yeah, that. Um, it was that. Yeah, those kinds of vibes. Um, anyway, she's in the secret auction, and her soon-to-be stepdad Duquesne is there, and his <laughs> uncle Armand, who's Simon Ca- Simon Callow of all people, turning up in this. Um, and among the items for auction are, are, are a sword and a suit belonging to Ronan, who, as we remember from Endgame, was uh, Hawkeye, but in, in the middle of the blip when he's going all crazy because his family got blipped. Yeah, when he had that like, sort of midway crisis. I don't want to say middle age, but midway, midway crisis. Midway crisis. <laughs> and he, grew, he, he did a, had a Mohican. Um, yes. And he killed lots of people. <laughs> I feel like... What we all do when we have a midway crisis. If young Kate had seen the Mohican, she wouldn't be worshipping quite as much as she is now. No, no, I think so. Just purely because of the Mohican, not the killing, yeah. the Mohican. No, it would be the hairstyle. She'd be like, I can probably find a way to understand the killing. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I can work around, but that Mohican, no. Nah, not for you. Um, oh. Suddenly, a, a bad group called the Tracksuit Mafia, they come bursting in to steal things, including this watch. Um, but Kate manages to get Ronan's suit and fends them off. And Duquesne also nicks the sword because he's good at fencing. He's a fencer, which is also a sign of villainy, moustached and fencing. Don't you just love how well the suit fits her? Yeah, considering it was made for um, a bulkier bloke 
aged 40 plus <laughs> yeah. yeah i assume it's got some special technology in it that welds to the wearer's body it's probably yeah it probably just adapts to the body to make you look great in it because you have to look good when you're fighting bad guys yeah it's the main thing i personally want to wear one of those like sumo wrestling costumes that are really big mm. and you're sort of very padded because then i would be safe from punches but that's just me it's true, you need that padding in order to um, soften the blow, I suppose, whereas skin-tight stuff doesn't make sense. But then sometimes they're like, oh, it's skin-tight, but also it's made of like really strong metal, so nothing can break it. <laughs> yes, that's Lord of the Rings, is it not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also Marvel, there's crossovers. Um, um, Kate, also more mystery. She overhears a mysterious conversation between her mum and Simon Callow and later finds Simon Callow murdered. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> Don't you keep wanting to say Simon Cow? Yeah, sometimes, but then they're very different people. So, mm. yeah, Simon yeah, Callo. It, they are very different people, and it mm. is a very mysterious conversation. But I will say this: one of my favorite things about Hawkeye, <laughs> the mm. series, not the person, is that it just follows a curve that I'm kind of expecting, but it does it really well. Yes. There is predictability to it, definitely, yeah. Again, I think that's what you want at Christmas time. You don't want to be too surprised. You don't, yeah, it, you can't have it too intense because you. after you watch this, you might need to go through a game of Trivial Pursuit with your family. Mm, so or should, Monopoly. Or Monopoly, even worse, Monopoly, or worse, Uno. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so you want a certain element of predictability. You want a nice, soft cushion to be lying on mm, with this you TV do. Show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so lots of mystery, lots of fun, lots of glamorous outfits. Love it already. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hawkeye sees all this going on in the news. So he rescues Kate from the tracksuit mafia. I love the tracksuit mafia, by the way. I like that they're villainous, but they're just not that, not too bad. They're like kind of a bit bantery and a bit stupid. Well, they um, are called the tracksuit mafia. You'd expect nothing less from that sort of level. And you, and you know how they're called the tracksuit mafia? Because they're wearing tracksuits. Yes! <laughs> I would have loved to have been there on that ideas meeting for them. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> it's like there's um, a new BBC show coming out soon and it's called Boat Story. And it, yeah. it does. It's it's about people who find stuff on a boat and the story of what happens next. And you're like, could they you call it boat story? Yeah, it doesn't that, doesn't it stand to reason that if it's called boat story, it's about a bunch of boats who come to life when the kids aren't looking at them? Well, yeah, but no, it's about cocaine. I was like, come on, guys, give it a cooler <laughs> name than this boat story. <laughs> but yeah, tracksuit mafia is on the same sort of level as Boaty McBoatface and boat story. <laughs> <It> is, yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, they end up losing the Ronin suit um, and it ends oh yes it ends up in a group of LARPers I loved the scenes where Hawkeye has to go get it back from the LARPers and he ends up the laughing was beautiful because I was like there are so many people who do cosplay and I feel like it was a nice way to honour them but also in a gentle way make a teeny bit of fun of them but in a nice way like a like when you make fun of a friend like if you made fun of me and it's a nice thing Exactly. Yeah. And it and they weren't depicted as because uh, often people who get involved in stuff like this, they're depicted as just um, just completely socially awkward or awful or just the absolute dregs of society. And it's like, no, they're not. It's just a little hobby and it's fun. And it's yeah. like, 
you know, you, you don't laugh at people going to fancy dress at Halloween. So why would you laugh at people going to do fancy dress to actually act out an entire story? You know? Yes. And the um, musical element was spot on. Yes. <gasps> the musical. I totally forgot to mention the musical. The musical so Oh, good. my God. The musical was so funny. They had this Broadway musical of the Avengers was probably the worst thing you'd ever see on Broadway but also the best thing you ever see on Broadway. Yeah, also, you really want to see it, don't you? Because I really do. I was like, well, when is this coming to the TV? I'd like a full-length version of the music. Yes, I love that, the the big song as well. They're, they're doing this big song before saving the saving New York from the from the big caterpillar aliens. And um, and, and the, the song just goes on and on and on and on. It's yeah. obviously like the end of first act song that's like... 10 minutes long um and has several big climaxes but just keeps on going um and yeah I, I thought it was so funny so good but yes that and the laughing I was like it's a really fun way to bring in that whole the world and how it reacts to superheroes around the edges because we just see mm. which is in it apart from Iron Man when you kind of see the reporters and the fan base around him you don't really get that sort of sense of celebrity that they have whereas this really hammers at home that they are bigger than I, they are i do like how they're beginning to construct a world that where superheroes are integral to everything it's part of the world history now so yeah yeah you'd make a musical about it just like they have about uh, the vietnam war and hamilton and, yeah. and les mis and things like that although it's not really it's not quite les mis it's a bit more uh <laughs> wicked like <laughs> by yeah. the looks of it it would be hard to do a superhero les mis i think because of the costumes just with gel <laughs> but they, they've never done superheroes in the past they're always in the present day or in the future so That's maybe it, why why didn't superheroes appear during like roman times you know Maybe they did. Maybe, Maybe. they were the, the mythological characters. Yes, as we talked about in Eternals. Yes, yeah, yes. Were those? The LARPing was great. Love the LARPers. Love their involvement. Um, and also, I guess, a lot of people who watch Marvel might be involved in LARPing because it's yeah. all science fiction and fantasy. So, yeah. I think this would be really fun to have a go at, to be honest. But I'm just not so great at the costume design. If I was, I'd I love to. I'd love to wear the costume, but I'd struggle with the role play bit. I'm like, how? To, I don't know how to improvise this. Like, what if oh, I do you... it? What if I do it wrong and you don't like me? No, you'd be great. At it. You've watched so many Marvel things now. <laughs> you know. But they're not larping Marvel. They're larping other things. They're doing. They're doing. You know, more of the um, Skyrim kind of vibes. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, I think you, I like where you're like, I know what Skyrim is. I'm going to just drop that. I'm just going to drop that in. Yeah, I've never played it before in my life, but I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, you've heard of it. I can tell you're a fan. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I think you'd be all right. Let's give it a go one day. That can be our, our team bonding experience next yes, year. Yes, we'll go LARPing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Meanwhile, Kate is convinced that Jack Duquesne is behind Simon Callow's murder, but can't convince her mother of this. I presume that she's come to this conclusion because he has a moustache and does fencing. Well, yeah, he does. It does look pretty evil from the outside, doesn't it? If you, especially if you're a young girl who's exactly just a lot of superheroes and villains. the evil step parents with the moustache, it must be them. Well, yeah, I don't even if it's your step parent, you're going to think they're evil. Probably, it's just one of those things. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Hawkeye and Kate get captured by the tracksuit mafia um, and they find 
uh, to find they do it sort of on purpose to find out what they're up to. And they meet their boss, who is a woman called Maya Lopez, also called Echo. And she is deaf and therefore communicates through sign language. Um, and like we said, good old representation. Thumbs up. Thumbs for up. One. Thumbs up for representation. Um, she reveals that the Ronin, who she doesn't know is Hawkeye, uh, killed her father many years ago. So she's out for vengeance. And because there's like there was like the Ronin suit and the sword at the auction, she figured she can find out who the Ronin is by storming in or getting involved, basically. Mm. Um, they are they they interrogate Hawkeye and Kate, but Hawkeye and Kate managed to escape. Um, and Lopez has this friend slash colleague in the group called Kazi, um, who mentions her uncle. Who could this mysterious uncle be? Hmm. Dum 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 dum. More mystery. More mystery. Christmas. Christmas mystery. <laughs> it's Father Christmas. It is. Yeah. Yes. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Saint Nicholas himself. Um, I suppose the one thing missing to make it full blown one hundred percent Christmassy would be ghosts. They needed some yes. ghosts. Yes. The well, kind of. They've got metaphorical ghosts. Ronan is like the ghost of Christmas past. And Ooh. Kate goes to the Christmas future, and he's goes to the Christmas present. Oh my god! Oh my god! You are you're so clever. Look at me! I did an English degree. <laughs> <laughs> we overanalyze everything. That's all we can do. That's my skill on my CV. I'm like, you give me a text, I'll find something that's telling you that you don't know. Is there? Uh, I will. The author didn't even know about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Uh, we we analyze and find connections and things that just aren't there. You just we just can't enjoy something for what it is anymore. No, we are the reason there's all those Reddit deep dives. Yeah, yeah, that's what I blame English literature degrees. I think people shouldn't do them. No, I don't anymore. They're not going to, are they? They're cutting them out of the curriculum for quite a long time. No, places. and I'm in two minds. I'm kind of like, was it that useful in the grand scheme of things, or should I just have read books? <laughs> I mean, I liked it. I think it taught us some valuable lessons. Um, it did. It did. It made us very human and hearty. There are other sort of degrees that are much worse for the world than that. I'm not going to name names because it will upset people, but yes. there are some useless degrees out there. Like maths. When do you ever use maths? Honestly. Exactly, yes. No one ever adds up or divides no, or percentages no. or anything. No. no. Number, <laughs> numbers just, they, haven't, they, they play no part in our world. Um, Actually, you say that. I went to a talk at Stylist Live about finance. And there was a woman there who was like, I have a maths degree and I don't even know what to do about finance. I was like, see, useless. <laughs> it's useless having a maths Because we have a little thing called calculators who does things for us. Boom. Yeah, which she was talking about Monzo. I was like, yeah, Monzo is good. She uses Monzo. Exactly, exactly. We have things to help us. Yes. Um, Hawkeye and Kate start bonding. Um, I, I, I wrote down this line because I thought this was really interesting. She, because she's kind of calling him out on being all kind of moody and mysterious and stuff. And she's all sort of gushing over him. And um, once, because, and, you know, this is like meeting her hero. And she says to him, they don't want that cynical, cool thing anymore. They want sincerity, which was oh, a little yeah. comment on like celebrity nowadays I it think. is yeah I think especially after lockdown because we saw so much of people inside their homes and I remember there was that awful video I'm not going to name names of who was in it the singing one do you remember oh my god yeah yeah and yeah. that was exactly what people didn't want during that time because mm. it felt very preachy and like lofty and mocking of people who were in a worse state than them whereas people who were very down to earth yeah yeah. Forward. yeah 
that's it. She's trying to persuade him to just be a little bit more forthcoming and personable in public because he is a public figure. Everyone knows who he is, but he's trying to be all like, no, no, I don't want the fame. I, you know, I'm, I'm moody. I've got a hearing aid, you know, that sort of thing. And, yeah. um, and I think it made me think of and <laughs> this is showing, showing my gayness. Um, maybe think <laughs> of the difference between Madonna and Lady Gaga in interviews because yes. Madonna is quite aloof and, I assume quite shy, but sometimes can come across as um, quite hostile. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas Lady Gaga in interviews, she's a bit more informative. She's chatty. Uh, she is obviously eccentric and quirky like like Lady Gaga is, but a, a lot more fun to watch. And I think that's what people value nowadays. They don't want a mysterious celebrity idol who um, doesn't say very much and kind of appears every now and then and then disappears. They want celebrities and famous people to be um fun and and mm. they want them to be uh good people i suppose and openly good people um yeah and which is quite demanding like that's really if you just want to like make music or act or something but then in order to up your fame and to continue your career you've also got to go on a chat show and be absolutely hysterical um it's 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 hard but i think yeah People, like she says, people don't want that cynical, cool thing anymore. It's not cool to be withdrawn. Well, no, it's not. And it's going to be harder for people to be authentic now that Twitter's a mess. Um, And what I was going to say was it's also a little commentary maybe on phase four, because I feel like the majority of stuff that's really touching the audience is the TV shows, a bit more Mm. down-to-earthy than the films. The films are not, I don't know, people aren't responding as well to the films, it feels, in this phase. Definitely. And I think they're, they're also, it's also, a, I suppose, a way of paving the way for new, younger superheroes, the Gen Z kind of superheroes who are going to be a bit more, um, uh, you know, a bit more public about yeah. themselves and uh, kind of because because they've grown up with it. We, we were the first generation to have social media, but we didn't grow up with it. It came about mm. sort of on when we're on the cusp of teenage years. Um, 15, I think we were. Yeah, pretty much. So um uh whereas um the generation the next generation they've grown up with it they were literally born in the era of it so they've grown up in a world where your public life is very public your your personal life is more public and um but you can also choose how much you put out there and how you present yourself to the entire world um so i suppose it's paving the way for those younger superheroes who are going to be a little bit more savvy when it comes to how they look to the world but maybe they're going to trip up on the way i suppose because yeah. um, Kate is a bit naive about it like because I think sometimes you can get celebrities who set themselves up as being really lovely and perfect and fun but then you discover something about them or something they've done which shows mm-hmm. that they're not a perfect human being as no one is no one's perfect um but if you set yourself up as perfect then that one thing can become your downfall I definitely and what is it I, I hadn't realized this before, but Hawkeye just doesn't wear a mask so he has no privacy <laughs> yeah but he's he's tried to do yeah that he's he doesn't wear a mask so everyone knows who he is but then he's trying to do the aloof cool guy thing it's almost like Jeremy Renner's playing himself it is a little bit yeah except Jeremy Renner puts out a Jeremy Renner app and I just said but puts out weird things doesn't even do TikTok puts out an app about himself like no no that's too far Jeremy weird um they continue to investigate all things going on all the mystery, mystery Christmas things um but then a new character jumps onto the scene i say new we've seen her before it's yelena slash black widow and she's yes. 
out for blood. She wants didn't to. You think? Sorry, it yeah. was weird that they didn't unmask her until like quite late on. So I was like, it would have almost been more interesting if he knew who it was and we knew who it was from the beginning when they started. There's, like, there's quite a long little fight scene and stuff before, but then I'm watching it and I'm like, well, I know it's her. Like I've I've watched Black Widow. <laughs> I know yeah. she's after him already. We know this. Like just unmask yeah. her. <laughs> just she could have just come in without a mask. It just made no sense to me that they did that. That was all. Yeah. I Maybe they were hoping people hadn't, because you only know she's after him because of the mid credit scene in Black Widow. So maybe they're hoping that people, not everyone had watched it. So maybe some people know and some people don't. Mm, that's a stupid decision to make. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah, might, she might as well just walked in and be like, hello, I am Yolina. And everyone go, yay. <laughs> we knew, we knew. <laughs> um, she's been sent to kill Hawkeye. But they made this whole, this was one thing which I thought continuity they need to think about was that she was sent to kill Hawkeye, but they make a mystery about who it is. But we, but it turns out it was someone, it was someone different later on. But then in Black Widow, it's um, thingy, Julia Louise Dreyfus, um, mm, so, isn't it? So maybe, well, I don't, they, and they don't mention her. I thought she I was going to turn up. I didn't think that was, and I've, I've analysed it a lot just because I thought it might come up. Um, and you've had lots so, of time on your hands with maternity leave. <laughs> you know how I am. So I wondered if maybe it wasn't that she sent him to kill her. She just was like, this is the person who's responsible. And it gave her a little extra personal vendetta. So then when she got the whole, she maybe doesn't want to kill without um, mm. you know, being paid in. So when she got given the contract, she was like, yeah, I'm going to kill this guy because... I have extra she, reasons to want to kill him. She signed it without reading the small print because she just wants to kill him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Tia Timer in The Hogfather wanting to kill Father Christmas. Yes, like yes, 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 yes. Exactly, yeah. I, I think, I suppose she wants to do that because she believes that he is responsible for Natasha Romanoff's death, which is yes. a little bit reductive when you think about it, but then she wasn't there, so she hasn't witnessed it. She doesn't know what happened. She's like, he just pushed her off a cliff and killed her. Mm. I think also the absolute highlight of this whole thing were any scene between Kate and Yelena. Yes. Um, especially the first scene between them where Yelena visits Kate at her apartment, which is quite a long scene, but I thought it was just so enjoyable. I thought was it was... Was that the mac and cheese scene, yeah? The what, sorry? One where she's like, let's have some macaroni and cheese. Yes, yes, they're eating yeah. together. And um, and then Kate's there's a bit where Kate goes, um, so why are you here? And Yelena's like, Well, it's my first time in New York, baby, like that. And and I, I just thought it just really shows how like how good Florence Pugh is because it starts off so comic, but then it ends with like this bit of menace because by the end Yelena's like, I'm going to kill him. Like I need to kill him, you know? And she's like, No, I don't want you to. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I thought it was very nice. Having that, and I also wonder if maybe they're just setting them up to be like the new Black Widow Hawkeye because they had that amazing friendship. We never really understood why because <laughs> we never saw the beginnings of it. Whereas this, you're like, yeah, these guys have chemistry. I can see these guys being best buds. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I think they, I think they will, and I think they should. And yeah. I thought that the two of the two actresses really bounced off each other. And I thought the scenes between them, which is written so well, and I just wanted more of just those two. I want a series of those two fighting yeah. crimes and solving Christmas mysteries. I absolutely would love that. Let's let's petition outside Disney's offices until it I feel happens. like it's going to turn up at some point. There's so much crap that Marvel is making now, so <laughs> I think they're going to turn up together at some point, surely. surely. Um, why would they uh, go through this effort otherwise? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, otherwise they wouldn't have written all those wonderful scenes. Um, let's see. Hawkeye confronts Maya Lopez and reveals to her that he was Ronan. 
but tries to convince her not to kill him. He's like, yeah, please don't. Um, and then he says that it was her, this mysterious uncle of hers who wanted her father dead mm. and actually kind of hired him to do it. She's a bit unsure whether to believe him or not. Her alliances are swinging different ways. She's also becoming suspicious of her friend Kazi as well. Is he on her side or is he on his uncle's side? And then the uncle in question is revealed to be bam, ba, da, da, Kingpin. What? Daredevil. Yeah, that was cool, wasn't it? He's a lot more dressed down than he was in Daredevil. He wears Hawaiian shirts now. He does. He does. I mean, you would if you were his size. You wouldn't feel the cold at all, I don't think. <laughs> it's like a planet. but um... <laughs> It is like a planet, yeah. <laughs> but it's weird because I, I just thought they might explore what happened to him between the end of Daredevil and now, but they didn't. I was like, well, he's obviously more chill because he's wearing Hawaiian shirts. And, mm. you know, he's still evil. So we don't what? need to. I think end of Daredevil. What happened at the end of Daredevil? Didn't he get arrested? He was on his way to prison because he wanted to like redeem himself for oh, who was the woman? Vanessa. Vanessa, that was it, yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds the reason he'd get out at some point. He probably pays someone or something. And yeah, yeah. Uh, he just has so many skills. Why would he stay in prison? Exactly. Yeah. And is it's, it's a waste of his time to be in prison, it, really, it, with all those skills. <laughs> Um, Yelena also reveals that she's been hired by Kate's mother (gasps) to kill Hawkeye, but Kate's mother, not Jack Duquesne, is is in league with Kingpin and is the one all responsible for, you know, um, Simon Callow's death and all this stuff. She's the baddie, not the mustachioed fencing guy. Whoa. Yeah, you can badly assume of people with mustaches and step-parent stages. Never judge by outward appearances. Sometimes it's the really glamorous, excellent actress. Sometimes. Sometimes it's your (laughs) mum. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And she did all this because when Kate's father died, that left them with lots of debt. So she ended up in league with the Kingpin in order to pay off these debts. But she also wants out. She has a meeting with Kingpin to get out. So she's not, you know, 100% bad, but she's done some pretty bad things. So she needs to, she needs consequences. She hired someone to put a hit on her daughter's hero. That's pretty not cool. But yeah, I mean, I was going to say, like in the comics, in the comics, how many, that's my catchphrase for this series, I swear. In Um, the comics, yeah. In the comics, it's actually, they they flipped them. So it was the dad and the mum died and the dad was in league and he was the bad Uh... guy. So they flipped it because they thought, we've not had any really interesting mother-daughter relationships, apart from, I guess, Jessica Jones. Yeah, and... um... And also not that many female villains in the grand scheme of things as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, no, it was a good twist. I like that. And I like that. It, it, it's funny how the character Jack Duquesne, he doesn't actually change how he plays. The actor doesn't change how he plays him at all throughout it. But when you realise that he's not the villain, suddenly you see him in a different light. And suddenly he's this yeah. like really dorkish guy with a fencing sword. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're he's like, oh, yeah, you're all right. <laughs> bless him shave your moustache already yes please shave that thing off yeah <laughs> otherwise people I, think you're a villain it could have been a hangover from november to be fair yeah, yeah maybe yeah he tried decided to keep it on um da, da, da. Uh, so yeah kingpin's not happy that kate's mum wants to break off from him um so he gets Kazi to try to assassinate kate's mum. they're all just trying to kill each other and it's christmas honestly mm. It's Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas, guys. It's the t- time of peace and togetherness. 
Um, Anyway, all this leads to a big, big climactic fight at another big fancy gala party, because that's what New York is. It's just one big fancy gala party. Um, The LARPers turn up to help out, which is really fun. And Duquesne also gets involved and they're all fighting the tracksuit mafia. And there's lots of different fights going on because this is where I think the plot line, the plot lines did get a little bit confused because I was a bit like, wait, who's fighting who? Who's like, is is there, there's not really two sides, like all these different sides all kind of going pew, 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 pew. but it was still fun to watch. So yeah. yeah. Um, the Christmas tree falls down. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that was like, oh my god, Christmas is over now. Look at this. <laughs> it's the downfall of civilization, <laughs> symbolized <laughs> by a Christmas tree falling on the ice rink. <laughs> um, and Hawkeye and Yelena they fight it out. Um, but she eventually spares him when he reminds her that he and Natasha did have a great friendship. So she's like, oh, maybe he's not that responsible. Maybe, you know, the situation with Thanos was quite difficult. Um, (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't really be doing this. Although (laughs) he did say, he says to Yelena, she talked about you all the time. And I'm like, no, she fucking didn't. We never heard about her at all till Black Widow, the film. It was whenever the camera wasn't there. She was banging on about her all the time, just not. I think of. I think he lied to get Yelena off his back. I think he absolutely lied about that. I don't. I, I don't think she ever mentioned her. She loved you like a like a sister. Oh, you are her sister. Yeah, that's what she said. She said you were her real sister. I don't know. Shut up. Something like that. He's like anything, anything to get this woman to not kill me would be great. Um, she said you were better at fighting than her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> She said you're better looking than her. <laughs> she said so many things. I don't remember them all. <laughs> she did. She always said she said wonderful things about you. I think you're wonderful. Woo. Mm, yes. Well, I'm glad she spared him, I guess, because he does have, as discussed, family to get back he to. He has so. family to get back to. So yeah, it would be too much tragedy for a Christmas series. Too much. Um, Kate fights Kingpin. Um, I liked I liked this fight because it was fun seeing Kingpin get bashed about. Yes. Um, in that little shot with all the there's like all these explosions he gets knocked about a bit but he you get to see the full force of his strength um and i thought that was really fun because usually in daredevil he's kind of watching other people fight um yeah but now he's like yeah i'm gonna get into the fray with uh, a child with, <laughs> with a child yeah <laughs> Big but man. I don't, the kingpin's evil so of course he would beat up a child easily he would he would and i guess he's not really a child but you know what i mean like mm. I love that he didn't go in for Daredevil. He waited for this. <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> um, she wins the fight against him, um, but she lets her mum get arrested. She's like, mother, you have done some pretty bad things. Um, Many and- a Spider-Man, actually, when um, the dad... Oh, God. Michael Keaton, when he gets arrested, mm. and but he, it does him good. does him good, you know? Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you you kind of see why this person's ended up doing these things, but also you need to stop. And sometimes the best way to stop is have the police take you away and get you rehabilitated or something. I don't know, something like that. It would be quite fun if they joined forces, like, you know, parents regretting their actions, Mm -hmm. kind of help the world from inside prison or something. um, Vera Farmiga and Michael Keaton partnering up in prison. (laughs) It'd be fun, wouldn't it? I think that would be fun. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why <laughs> they've done all sorts of other combinations, so why not? Yeah. Um Kingpin escapes. Um, but he runs into Maya Lopez, who and she's 
sort of broken off with Kazi. She's realized that Hawkeye was telling the truth, um, that Kingpin had her father killed so that he could sort of have some kind of patriarchal control over her. And we hear a mysterious gunshot, but we don't see what happens. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. To be continued. Dun, dun. Um, and Hawkeye returns to his family and burns the Ronin suit. So he's processed his emotions. He's past that stage now. And he's now a family man. And a LARPer. And a LARPer. Yes, yes, yes. And he's a LARPer. And he loves Christmas now. Oh, that's probably. like the true. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's very the true message of what we want. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot as well. This was really delightful to watch um i'm glad that i sort of ended up watching it in november when it's near to christmas as well i think in the summer this would be this would feel almost a bit silly but um because you know mid-november you're now past fireworks night everyone's like oh it's christmas now um so yeah it was i was well in the mood for this absolutely it was perfect timing when i realized what was happening i was like look at that we've done it we've made it happen at the right time it's almost like it was on purpose, but it wasn't. <laughs> it really wasn't. It's just how it all played out. But yeah, so you've said four out of five, which I think is pretty good. Hmm, I think so. I think it was, sometimes it was a bit of a muddle, but you know what? It didn't matter too much. It was good fun. No, I think there were bits where I think it could have gone a bit further, or sometimes it felt like some episodes like left a little bit hanging back and they should have maybe mm. just added a bit more detail and like I said I think Yelena should have been surprised because we knew she was coming so it's almost like it kind of forgot <clears> to <throat> honor the intelligence of the audience watching some some occasional continuity bits where I'm like look people are binge watching stuff so we're gonna know the continuity much better than when then we had to watch something <laughs> on a weekly basis <laughs> yeah exactly I think one of the things I get taught at work is that we always have to write as if we always have to assume our readers are very intelligent and I always think that TV shows should do the same because if you dump down, it just ends up feeling a bit like, Ugh. yeah. Um, but on the whole, it's a lot of fun. And actually, that leads me to a very good question. What do you think it got on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, I think it got like 90%. 92. You're so good at guessing this 92%. Now. I've had lots of practice now. I know. You could put this on your CV. Can accurately <laughs> guess. Can accurately 5%. guess Rotten Tomato results. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, they said, Okay, so that's slowly, but the street-level action is a refreshing change of pace for the MCU, and the chemistry between its leads sparkles, even when the plot lags. Sparkles. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, sometimes the plot can lag, but you still you still keep going because Hayley Steinfeld's just so good, and Florence Pugh is just so good. They're both so good, like, and I, I love them both. Like, anything Florence Pugh is in is like, want to bueno. And to be fair... Apart from Transformers, most things I've seen Hayley Seinfeld in have been excellent. Like Dickinson is just absolutely off the wall mad, mm. but so much fun. And it's because mm. of her. So I will I, watch it. I must yeah. watch it. Okay. Well, we talked about this a little bit last time. So hopefully there's a clue, but it's been given a few little, little accolades. Can you guess what they might be? Like some first, first this, first that kind of stuff. Kind of that vibe. Yeah. Is, it, is there anything to do with the representation of people who are hard of hearing or deaf? Yes, so it received the seal of authentic representation for Maya Lopez. Um, so that's, again, the actors with disabilities who have at least five lines of dialogue. Because she herself is deaf, isn't she? Yeah, the actress. She so, um, uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. We keep, keep it going. More. <laughs> it also received the reframe stamp 
for the years 2021 to 22. And I don't know if you want to try and guess what the reframe stamp means. Reframe, reframe. Is that when it um, you represent a certain group of people, but in a reframed way, more positive way? Um, well, technically, yes, that is correct. So it's awarded by the Gender Equity Coalition, Reframe. Um, and it's for film and television projects that have gender balanced hiring. So stamps are awarded when they hire female identifying people, especially women of colour, in four out of eight key roles for production. Oh, interesting. It's kind of sad but understandable that you have to put exact numbers on this stuff in order to fully measure it and to make sure that people are employing, you know, with equality. Um, But, yeah, hopefully we'll reach a point where we don't have to put numbers on it and it's just done. But yeah, That would be nice, wouldn't it? But Mm. we're not there yet. Still doing good work. I'm not against it. I'm just saying it'll be good to work towards a time when we don't need numbers for it. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the um the deaf situation, um obviously this is how like what Maya Lopez Echo is the second deaf superhuman. Can you remember the first? I'm guessing you can because it happened very recently. Oh, uh, in Eternals. I can't yes. remember her name uh, because <laughs> I can't remember any of their names, but yeah, the one in Eternals. Makari. Makari, there we go. (laughs) And much like they did on Eternals, can you think what Jeremy Renner and Hayley Seinfeld did to help welcome um, their new? They learned American Sign Language. They did. Love that for them. Absolutely. I think um, there's there's like talk about putting sign language more into um, schools in the UK, and I'd be very pro that because it's actually it's not terribly difficult to learn as long as you know you can get like a few words something a bit like when I remember learning French in primary school and you just learn like colors and animals and stuff like that it's not till secondary school that you start putting together sentences but if you know some words in in sign language you can at least communicate with people who are deaf like yeah I would like to learn I've actually made that my one of my missions for next year I want to learn British mm. sign language but then there's, I was whole, like, there's apps and stuff like Duolingo style apps that just teach you it and it's it's just cool. hand signals and that because so, yeah. I've learned a few little bits accidentally in um parent baby classes because they do it um a lot of places I went they don't do the baby sign language whatever it's called Macaton. they just do yeah they don't do that they just do British sign language mm. um so I've learned a few bits from that and I was like well why don't we just learn it me and Manny be helpful for the world (laughs) literally like so yeah yeah and not like I said not difficult to learn doesn't take up that much time really um yeah yeah better for the world definitely um so what while we're talking about this I'm currently carrying on with the theme Ken did you know something interesting about Maya's fighting style oh was there did she had to um uh feel vibrations a bit more in things no so because she uses signing to communicate they designed it that she's more protective of her hands so instead she's focusing on her arms elbows and legs interesting that's a really cool idea i love it is cool yeah because you it makes sense it would be like why isn't achilles wearing you know big metal boots (laughs) it's the same sort of vibe but you know she's actually making some cool moves about it Mm. um but yeah, she's obviously an amputee, so that provoked that posed a few extra complications. So they mm. had to adjust some stuff for her for her leg as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought that was very cool. Um, they brought in Heidi Moneymaker as the main stunt coordinator. Who um, she's worked, you know, she's worked with. She was 
Scarlett Johansson's stunt double throughout the whole MCU, pretty much. Um, so they had her help out with something that wasn't what you'd expect a stunt coordinator to do. Oh, um, I don't know. No idea. The choreography of a dance sequence that had to evoke the movements of the other Avengers. Oh, the the musical. Yeah. Oh, yes, I see. That's fun, right? That is fun. Yes, yes. They did. That was the one good thing about the musical was a really clever thing about it was that each of the actors were kind of doing these imitations of them. (laughs) Yes. She also obviously helped with all the, you know, because there's a lot of female-centric action and fighting, so she helped with that as well. And I Mm. I think that's one of the reasons I quite like it, because I know it's obviously hooked on Hawkeye, but it's a clever example of Marvel using, you know, an OG superhero to introduce some new blood to the mix. Mm. Yeah. Because it's very much like Kate's story, I'd say, more so than his. Mm, but if mm. they called it Kate, it would have been a bit naff, you know? <laughs> but they're doing a few sort of handing over things, a bit like Falcon and Winter Soldier, although not a big fan of it. It was a sort of a handover um, thing. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it seems like they're sort of paving the way for new ones to take on the mantles. Yes. And can you... While we're on the subject, do you know what Kate Bishop's, um, you know, alias would be in the Marvel comics? Like, what's her superhero name? Arrowhead. I don't know. (laughs) No, it's Hawkeye. Oh, it's just Hawkeye, is it? (laughs) Oh. Yeah, but it's quite clever because it means the title could refer to either of them. Mm, Double Hawkeye. Yeah. Or Hawkeye Uh, with a question mark. Hawkeye. Yeah. Hawkeye squared. (laughs) Hawkeye, yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, she's been Hawkeye since she popped up in 2005's Young Avengers. So that's mm. quite cool. Mm. And people are big fans of her in the comics. So yeah, this was a big deal. Um, do you remember what the song was called in the Battle of New York set musical? I could do Robinson. it all day. I could do this all day. Oh, that's the refrain. That's called Save the City. Oh, is it? Oh, no, they should yeah. have called it that. No, 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 no. I, I could do this all day. That's what it should be called. <laughs> it should be, because I can imagine reading it in the program as I can do this all day. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's the um, bit that you remember. Like, literally, it's in my head right now. <laughs> yeah. And did you spot Clint's reaction when he saw uh, Nat on stage? He was sad. He shuddered. <laughs> he shuddered. Ooh. He's still processing. Mm. Um what else have we got we've talked about how he unlike most of the original avengers had to learn to bandage himself up mm-hmm. um and i quite like they did like the um the montage of all the big hearing damage moments rather than like do you know exposition dialogue mm. so yeah no point me asking you questions about that um what does um kate say to hawkeye when she says like what he showed her about being a hero uh, oh, I can't remember. So it's quite a nice line. You showed me being a hero isn't just people who can fly. It's for anyone who's brave enough to do what's right, no matter the cost. Cute. It's really cute. Very cute. Super cute. I'm like, yeah, so, that's, that's... So fucking cute. Really cute. We love that. Mm. Um, and there's a dog, obviously, in this... Oh, the pizza dog. We've not talked about him much, but Lucky's a big deal. Um, a lot of people think he serves a deeper purpose in the MCU, and there's quite a few fan theories about who he might secretly be. Um, is it Loki? 
no, and he would have appeared in the Guardians of the Galaxy films if that helps you. Oh, no, I don't remember. No, it doesn't help me. Okay, so in those films, the yeah. collector has a dog. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Um, and that dog is called Cosmo, the space dog. Um, mm. And they know that Howard the Duck, who was also there, ended up at the battle against Thanos. So everyone thinks, ergo, Cosmo the space dog came to that battle as well. He also arrived at the Avengers compound. And that is when he he met Kate Bishop because, you know, like a lot of the stuff I from the see. compound got sold at an auction in New York. And then he would have met Kate Bishop and become lucky. Ah, oh, I see. Interesting. Yeah. That um, is a real Reddit hole. <laughs> it is. So Cosmo has like telepathic powers, but he in the comics, and he does seem to have quite a good understanding of like Hawkeye and Kate in this mm. show. Um, he just sort of shows up out of nowhere to protect the items from the Avengers compound. So, you know, that's quite mm. a big deal. Mm. And then there's a little link because Kate's wearing a shirt which acknowledges Laker, the dog that the Soviet Union sent into space. And Cosmo, because of his name, gets his powers after being sent into space. Oh, I see. So that is a little theory about the dog. Don't say anything. things. Um, let me carry on. So did you spot something that was written in a mug, like a purple mug that Hawkeye is drinking from? There's a bit of graffiti. No, not at all. <laughs> It says Thanos was right. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. um, and a lot of people were like, oh, maybe it's referring to the memes when people were like, oh, yeah, it's a good decision because, you know, um, it means that we won't fall foul of climate change. Uh, and that was the real world. And a lot of people think it could be referenced to the flag smashers from Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Yeah. 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 Could just also be someone being dark and, you know, how teenagers are. Or someone just uh, trying to be funny. Yeah. Mm. You know, oh, oh, Hitler was right. That's all right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Did you spot any famous um, <laughs> other famous archers being cosplayed at one point? Other famous art? No, I did not. Katniss Everdeen from oh. the Hunger Games. <laughs> what in the um, LARPing? Yeah, she's there. Like she's near the Ant Man cosplayer. But um, Kate Bishop also, I think she calls him Katniss at one point. So. Uh. Um, and that kind of calls back to the Avengers because you remember Iron Man used to call Hawkeye like Legolas a lot. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the same sort of vibe, you know. Uh, fun. Yeah, pretty fun. Um, I've only got two questions left, and they're all quite annoying. Sorry. Um, did you oh. spot the name of the repair shop where Maya's dad was killed? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> of course not. Thanks. It's called Fat Man Auto Repair. <gasps> Fat Man, Kingpin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little mm. reference to Kingpin. It's like, they're like, oh, look, we left all this. The irony is here. he didn't repair anything. He broke things. He, he broke did. everything. Families, hearts, bodies. Um, and then my final question is, did you, in the episode five, uh, Yelena, you've got that. Like, you know, set in 2018 when she's looking for the brainwashed spies. Mm. Um, but you hear some voices. Do you Did you recognise any famous voices? No, not at all. 
Black Widow. Black Widow's voices. Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow, um, oh. speaks. And she repeats a few lines from the movie, which you did not care for. And you also hear this special little whistle call that they use on each other. Oh. Oh. Yep. Wow. Wow. That's nice, isn't it? Her memory stays. Her memory remains. I mean, I'm sure there's a way they could bring her back if they ever wanted to. So oh, they could just make up any old crap, can't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wouldn't be too worried about her not coming back ever. No, no. But yeah, that was my quiz. Well, well, and that was Hawkeye. We're done that with Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah. I don't think they've commissioned a second season. Um, well, I don't um, think that they will likely commission another one. With My theory is they will just do one about Kate going forward another one about Kate or bring her up in the films or something yeah she'll either get a movie or she'll get um another series because I feel like the world is moving towards tv anyway now so yeah and they can cover more ground in these tv series you know do six episodes and because the episodes are if if it says 50 minutes on Disney plus because they have the previously on the very long Marvel Studios logo and in about seven minutes of credits um, the episodes are like 40 minutes in total, mm. um, but six episodes of 40 minutes is like an Avengers film plus a bit extra. So you've got a bit of extra time to kind of dissect characters and let storylines breathe and um, and develop. So I suppose it's it's a really good medium to do in that you can you can just do more without forcing someone to sit through a four hour film. You know? Yeah, so true. Hmm. 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 Well, speaking of, we have a film next, and it's one I'm very excited about. Go on, surprise me. It is. It is. I'm going to double check because I don't want to get it wrong. Yes, it is Spider-Man: No Way Home. Yay! La 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 la. I'm I'm excited for it too, but Mm. I heard very good things about this um, in the social media sphere. It's a lot of fun. I think I will actually be able to get Chris to watch this one with me, which is saying a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's that good? My goodness. I know. (laughs) All right, on to Spider-Man. You've been listening to an episode of The Marvel Version. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can tweet us at The Marvel Version. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll tune into the next fact-filled episode.